Good evening, everyone, and welcome to High Spirits. I'm Jay Stockman, and with me, as always, is my best pal... Noelle Schmidt. That's right. Uh, this is a show called High Spirits, in which we talk about ghosts, and we drink spirits. Correct. Yeah. Noelle, what are you drinking? I'm drinking... 19 Crimes. Oh, I love that. Each declared by his majesty to be punishable on conviction by transportation. Oh, to the colonies. To the colonies. Oh, my goodness. 19 Crimes. I only committed one, sir. (laughs) You know how much I love that. I know. This guy's got, like, a crazy unibrow. Yeah, he does. He also doesn't have, like, a number on his his board. What is this thing called? Uh, don't know. The thing that I'm referring to, because (laughs) we are a podcast that you listen to, is the the arrest number, I think. The nameplates. Yeah, it's like the nameplate they make you wear when you get arrested. We have clearly been arrested a lot, so we know all about this. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. 72 times I've been arrested. 19 crimes. (laughs) What are you drinking, Jay? Oh, I am drinking um, Gone Away. Gone Away. Yeah, how is it? Uh, it's completely delicious. Who makes it? Um, Half Acre. Local? Local. Local guys. Right here. I think I've had it like a million times on this show. I don't know why every time you say gone away, I want to salute. I know you do. You, you, <laughs> gone away. <laughs> it's like you're a sailor. I know. Hello, sailor. Goodbye, sailor. Good day, sailor. Uh, sorry. Oh, uh, no. Please. You're great. Anything we want to talk about? No, check in with me. Um, checked in. I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's anything we want to talk about. I don't know. Uh, anything we need to catch up on. Um, I feel like the last time I rushed through it so quickly at the end. Um, so we didn't get to like really plug our Facebook and Gmail and Twitter and oh, yeah. all Guys, of those so things. High Spirits Chicago, we're on Facebook. Yep. High Spirits Chicago, we are on Twitter. Uh, on iTunes, we're High Spirits Chicago Podcast, uh, and obviously we're on SoundCloud, which is High Spirits Chicago Podcast. So, uh, oh, and one last thing, um, we are High Spirits Chicago at gmail.com, so feel free to email us and connect with us and whatever. Correct us, if you must. Yeah, do it. I mean... We're uh, not afraid to say we're wrong. I mean... I'm not. I, I Trust me, I have had uh, unrelenting embarrassment since we've begun this podcast. <laughs> you know what? If anything, this podcast has taught us a lesson in humility. It really has. I mean, um, I never thought about it this way, but it really is hard to speak extemporaneously for an hour and get mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. right or sound. How does that Howard Stern do it every day? <laughs> well, maybe we should do it. We should have like strippers sit on a saddle that vibrates. <laughs> right. But you look that at would make our job easier. You look at a you look at a <laughs> Kelly Ripa type, and you're like, she's just vamping all the time. Look she's at just her, going. Look at her go. It does. It gives me more respect yeah. for people that I thought uh, prior to this maybe right. were in the chode category. <laughs> <laughs> I would put us in a little bit higher than a chode, but um, not much. Not much. We're like a nubbin. A <laughs> nubbin. I was wondering what was ahead of a chode. Uh, <laughs> nubbin works. Also, um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is Jay Segman. Uh, speaking, my voice, uh, once again, I have a cold. I don't know what's wrong. At least I don't have, like, post-electionitis, which was death betty. But, like, I do have a cold, and I sound weird, and I'm really too accept that. Can I tell you what's wrong? What? You have a weakened immune system. And it's wintertime in Chicago. Yeah. 
I think it's winter time in Chicago. You're welcome. And it's pretty much like I see probably upwards of like 50 people a day and they get you sick. Stop shaking hands with everybody. I know. I know. I had a man sitting next to me like four days ago and he was like, uh, I came, I'm not going to say exactly what it was. Sorry. I almost lost my anonymity, but he was like, (laughs) he was like, uh, I came anyway, even though I'm sick and he sat right fucking next to me. And I was thinking, why did you? Like no extra credit. Not cool, dude. Not cool. Here's the deal. If you work in a room, like if you work in a setting where there are people in your place of business and you are ill, don't go to work. Stay home. Stay home. We work in a we work in an environment now where many of our jobs can be conducted at home uh-huh. if you are that ill or you know what take a day. I understand that some people don't have that luxury and they don't have sick days and that's I'm sorry for being insensitive. Um, but if you're really sick, just think about how pissed off your coworkers are going to be when they get sick. When they get sick. Yeah. I'm talking to you patient 0, you know who you are. <laughs> Which is actually like I think I'm I'm pretty sure I'm patient zero in my workplace. Uh, I think you always are. Yeah, you always have a little bit of a signal issue. <laughs> I've got a little bit of the <laughs> of the somethings. Uh, oh, well, boy. you guys, thanks for joining us um, tonight. Um, I'm just gonna get started. You ready for me to rock and roll? I'm so ready. Speaking of rock and roll, wait, no, just kidding. What? I have nothing more to say. Oh, I just wanted Speaking to. Speaking of rock and roll, we're going to talk about the Hotel Chelsea in New yeah, York City. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's right. Uh, sex, drugs, rock and roll, like just the best of the best. Let me say this. Ooh, I just talked about foot. That's my toe. Footsie. Um, <laughs> Jay's really good at keeping her things a secret, and I am always like bursting at the seams where I'm like, I can't wait to tell you what I'm working on. So she had this secret for me, and I've like been sitting here waiting. Yeah. So I'm very excited. Oh, hey guys, uh, the Hotel Chelsea Yep, is at 222 West 23rd Street in New York. Um, it's a 250-unit hotel located in Chelsea, which is in Manhattan. Uh, it was built in 1884. Wow. Um, uh, the 12-story red brick building um, was the city's first private apartment. It was one of the uh, first private apartment cooperatives. Ah, a, a, co-op. a co-op. Yep. Uh, when the Hotel Chelsea was constructed, um, it was the single tallest structure in New York, which is kind of interesting. 1884. Was, really? Yeah. How, I'm sorry, how many stories again? Just 12 stories. Fascinating. Yeah. Within, within just decades, they managed to like... That's crazy. Yeah. Um, anywho, uh, this happened a lot with the Hotel Chelsea. Um... Uh, it, it, it actually was really popular, and then it would go bankrupt, and then it was really popular, and it would go bankrupt. So I'm just going to give you a few of those things, and we're just going to get into it. Um, so despite its initial popularity in the 1880s, um, uh, it went bankrupt, and um, uh, it was um, left empty. Um, in 1905, it was reopened as the hotel. Um, that hotel then went that was its name, the hotel, the hotel. No, 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 it was Hotel Chelsea. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just calling it the hotel. Okay. 
That's just that's yeah. what that's what the cool kids call it. Yeah, the hotel. Um, then it was purchased in 1939, and it was held by the same owners until the 1970s. But it were kind of like the heyday owners of the Hotel Chelsea. 1939. Um, 1939 to 1970s. That's I. There's something to that that they bought that during the depression. Uh, yeah, they did, and so, then um, actually in the 1970s to uh, the 2000s, it was owned by one of their sons, okay. who was actually declared unfit. This is not on my piece of paper, so if I'm getting anything wrong, let me know. But he was declared unfit, and um, they kind of ousted him. Okay. But yeah, it was the same um, peeps for like 1939 to 1970s. My point was, though, that they must have bought it for a song in 1939. They did buy it for it's a like song. like buying, like, Detroit real estate. Which is interesting, because my next thing on this piece of paper is, in 2011, they did buy it for a song, mm-hmm. uh, it was purchased for $80 million. Dang. And they probably got it for, like, 20000 I mean, yeah. Well, the, and, and, and the interesting thing, like... <laughs> I've got some... A piece of gum and some pocket lint. You know, lint, I mean, this place, we'll, talk, we'll talk about it. This this uh, piece of real estate was pretty slum. Right. Yeah. And now, <clears throat> um, I go to Chelsea all the time. Chelsea is fucking awesome. I just want you but to know. But it didn't used to be awesome. I just want you to know how pretentious that just sounded. You think so? <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm sorry, everybody. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I go to Chelsea all the time. I didn't mean it like that. No, I'm kidding. Oh my god. I'm messing with you. No, I hate you. Hey guys, um, I never leave my rural community. Right. No, I don't. <laughs> For some reason, I keep thinking of that Steve Martin book on beauty, which is about the art gallery in Chelsea. I it's a ter- it, it's it's very pretentious. Okay. It's about art and art And you're gallery. comparing me to that? Yeah. Awesome. So I'm associating you with that book. <laughs> On Beauty, I can only think of Zadie Smith, which is an incredible book. Such a good book. Yeah. Um, I love Steve Martin. I don't care for that book. <laughs> that's yeah, I actually doing. don't like any of his books. Yeah. Honest. It's, <clears throat> it's, yeah. Um, that's, that's a broad statement, but I, shop girl can go to hell. Um, oh. but his autobiography is wonderful. Yeah, that's fine. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. Okay. It's like 80 pages. I know. It's really easy reading. No, I mean, it's like... He's never had a credit card. How does he live? I guess that's my only thing. It's like, born standing up is fine. It's just... It's kind of like Carrie Fisher's wishful drinking. Never read it. It's like 80 pages long. I don't know why... I don't know why some of these people get a book deal, because they sell these books. The hardcover's like 20 bucks. Right. I actually got both of them as Christmas presents, which is totally fine. But I was thinking to the person who bought those for me, this is like... It's a hardcover book that that is not worthy of being a hardcover. Well, and as, you know. Well, and know. as you're saying this, I'm looking at your bookshelf full <laughs> of memoirs and autobiographies. So Jay knows what she's talking about. I is know. what I'm saying. That's she's all. read a few. That's all. Listen. <laughs> What's do, your favorite? Do better. Um. Oh. Let's see. Um. Say slash, because I gave that to you. Oh, I loved Slash. Yeah. Slash was really great. Nailed it. I have to say this, though. I'm a big Neil Strauss fan. Oh. And so Dirt by Motley Crue is amazing. And um, Everyone Loves You When You're Dead. Everyone Loves You When You're Dead. Which and is not also, an autobiography, but it's such a good book. So good. Did I ever give that back to you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, he also did uh, How to Make Love Like a Porn Star. Yes. 
So Neil Strauss, actually, speaking of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, he's actually a perfect thing to mention. Right. We should get back to your thing. Yes. Yeah. But no, I mean, he he uh, is the ghostwriter. Oh, he did, uh, uh, I'm pointing over to my books, so if you can see it. I think he did the Marilyn Manson. He did. He did. Which is the most amazing book. Pick it up. I don't know what it's called. It's the Marilyn Manson autobiography written by Neil Strauss. Because um, Neil Strauss is like the rock and roll ghostwriter. So when I say written by, obviously these are, like, he's the quote-unquote ghostwriter. But do you think Jenna Jameson can write a book? No. Nope. Nay. No. Neil Strauss writes them. He totally he's does. He's so good. And the cool thing with Courtney Love, too. Oh, like, his whole thing with her and everyone loves you when you're dead it's is great. amazing. Huh. But uh, the bottom line with all of this is that if um, you are planning on writing an autobiography or a memoir, you should shop it to Jay Stagman first because she's going to tell you if it sucks or not. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> she's the pro. I am the pro. All right. Please. <laughs> the Chelsea Hotel. Yeah. Uh, the Hotel Chelsea. Whatever. I'm sorry. Um, is there a Chelsea Hotel, too? Yeah, they're interchangeable, but okay. um, it's actually, like, it's, I, yeah, whatever. I didn't um, know if it was, like, Fleet Farm and Farm and Fleet, <laughs> which is a Wisconsin. <laughs> I know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, look that up. We won't waste your time. Yeah. So, anyway, in 2001, um, sorry, not 2001, 2011, uh, the Hotel Chelsea stopped taking reservations officially. Uh, so they could begin renovations, and um, actually the hotel plans to reopen in 2017. So it's been closed for five years? Um, when it reopens, it will have been closed for six years. This place better be fucking fantastic. I mean, it may be, it may not be. I mean, it was, it's interesting. I mean, okay. I can't wait to stay there. I don't know if I can afford it. I, I mean, it's New York, Will so. you pay for it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You heard that, everybody. She's paying for it. Yep. So I'm um, I'm going to go through some stuff. Um, this episode is called Hotel Chelsea, but let's face it. This is just... Uh, let me just retitle this. Star fucking... I'm just going to star fuck a whole bunch of, like, artists and ghosts. Oh, okay. That's it. <laughs> star fucking. Star fucking. I was about to break into Hotel California. Oh. Uh, no, this is much more punk than... That, like, That's good, because I hate the Eagles. Yeah. Who doesn't? God. Um, uh, <laughs> Sorry. Hotel Chelsea became um, world famous in 1966, although we'll go back in time because it's been there since the 1880s, and lots of famous people stay there. But Andy Warhol yeah. um, made it super famous. Remember him? I do. He directed um, Chelsea Girls in yep. 1966. And it was a film about his factory regulars, mm -hmm. um, the people who lived at that hotel. So I'm just going to name drop a couple of those people um, and maybe tell you a little bit about them. Some of them I'm not going to tell you anything about because I feel like they're self-explanatory. But um, Edie Sedgwick was one of his Chelsea girls. Um, she actually, unfortunately, was only alive from 1943 to 1971. She died at the age of 28. Uh, lots of people in the hotel Chelsea. Um, Drugs? Yes. Oh, the, uh, any relation to Kira, or is that just no? Okay. Nope. Um, she um, after she was in um, Chelsea Girls, she set fire to her room <gasps> at the Chelsea. Okay. Um, she ended up going to a mental hospital for drugs and alcohol. Allegedly, this is by the way. Do not sue. This is so fucking cool. Allegedly, 
Edie Sedgwick's brother claims that she had a relationship with Bob Dylan at the Chelsea Hotel, which ultimately led to an abortion. Dylan vehemently denies having had a sexual relationship with her, but uh, he does admit that the song, uh, the two songs, Just Like a Woman and Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat, are about her. Well, then I feel like his claims Well, may... I don't know. He is, like, over and over again, everything I researched, like, they knew each other, but he actually for a very long time tried to pretend he didn't even know her. But then he admitted to write two... Writing two songs about her. Well, he's had some time. She died in 1971. So he, like, he, uh, it's interesting what people will admit. There's some other shocking things that people admit now. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll get to it. Right, because time has passed. I mean, it's 2016. Yeah. So, like, in We've become more progressive. Yeah. and Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, part of the reason why Bob Dylan um, vehemently denied these rumors is he was married at the time. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, some of the other War, uh, Andy Warhol's people there, Ultraviolet, mm. uh, Holly Woodlawn. Mm-hmm. Some people don't know her, but she just recently died, and I want to talk about her really fast because I kind of I dig this. She was a transgender uh, Puerto Rican actress. Um, she just died uh, in 2015. Um, and um, she was best known as the uh, he who was a she in Lou Reed's song Walk on the Wild Side. So that's how we know her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's what she's famous for. Uh, Nico, who we all know. We all know her. Uh, and then Paul America was one of, um, you know Paul America? No, I was saying about Nico and her, oh. <laughs> and her non-out-of-tune, non-singing voice, yeah. I guess. Uh, Paul America is interesting. He started My Hustler. Okay. Um, and that film was shot over, Labor, uh, over the Labor Day weekend in 1965 on Fire Island. Um, he was on LSD the whole time and barely remembers it. <laughs> uh, but that role made him a gay icon. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, basically he's just like this gorgeous all-American guy who just kind of started in a gay art film. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah, Andy Warhol kind of made the Chelsea Hotel, Hotel Chelsea. I just did what you did. Right. Um, famous. sorry. But let's go back to, um, some famous writers who stayed there. Like I said, this is basically Starfuck, episode 19. Um, Mark Twain. The? Uh, the. Oh, Henry. Samuel Clemens. Samuel Clemens. Oh, Henry. Dylan Thomas, who we'll get to, because Dylan Thomas is one of the biggest ghosts there. Oh, is he drunk as a ghost, too? Um, I don't know. Because Dylan Thomas was a big drunk, right? He was. We'll yeah. get to that in a second. But um, if you guys don't know Dylan Thomas, uh, he was a poet and a drunk. Because <laughs> I just, the idea of a drunk ghost makes me so I happy. I mean, and sad. I think as in life, as in death. Just I like bumping into walls. Right? Oh, man. That's awesome. Um, but he wrote one of my favorite poems. I'm going to read just a little bit of it. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at the close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. And that's him. Uh, Dylan Thomas actually died in room 206. So I don't know how they're going to reconfigure the Chelsea Hotel. But if you're ever in room 206... Lots of people have been. Mm-hmm. They have seen, smelled, heard the old Dylan. Yeah. What does he smell like? Uh, <laughs> probably pee and booze. <laughs> Cheap whiskey. Um, anyway, Dylan Thomas died in that room in 1953 at the age of 39. Oh, I forgot how young he was. Yeah, That's yeah. very tragic. Um, the legend is that he fell into a coma after drinking 18 whiskeys in a row. Ugh. 
the reason that's a legend is because he was saying he, he had this sort of like bragging thing of like I did 18 whiskeys in a row that kind of thing um lightweight un- unlikely that, that that's the true story um poor Dylan Thomas um suffered from diabetes and he also at that time had bronchitis and pneumonia yeah that'll do it that'll do it that'll do it Plus 18 whiskeys. <laughs> yeah, plus 18 whiskeys. In a row. <laughs> right. Oof. Uh, William S. Burroughs, who we know. Yep. Right? Gay junkie. Mm-hmm. Uh, writer <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start uh, there. Parts of his Naked Lunch were drafted there. Uh, Sam Shepard stayed there. Mm-hmm. Arthur Miller. Um, after Marilyn Monroe divorced. <laughs> I was going to say, ex of Marilyn Monroe? Yes, yeah. He yeah. did nothing else. No. That's right. That's right. Nothing else. Uh, maybe wrote a play. Um, <laughs> Just that one. Right. But after he and Marilyn Monroe divorced in 1961, uh, he moved into the Chelsea, where he stayed for six years. He actually wrote The Chelsea Effect at that hotel. Okay. Quentin Crisp, who I adore, and I don't think most people know. I don't. Yeah, I don't he's know. He's like him. a very gay British guy. He um, was born in the early 1900s and. It was kind of like a um, Rupert Everett. No, 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 no. Gayer. Like a oh my god, like a mincing Sally boy. And oh, okay. He's, I actually have his autobiography, which is incredible. Um, he was out in England in the 1920s. I just want to say I feel really bad that I said gayer than Rupert Everett because it doesn't. There's not a level of gay. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So but I he, I he apologize for very, that. Like um, brave and out before. Pretty much anyone else was. I mean, this yeah. was um, obviously we know in America in 1969 um, before Stonewall, mm-hmm. a jailable offense. Yeah. Um, so here's a guy like 50 years before the time in America or in England is okay to be gay, and he's wearing makeup on the streets. He's um, basically a gay rights advocate. So he was kind of like a an like an Oscar Wilde, where yes. he was open, yes. where you know, yep. but he was an exile. Exactly. Okay. Cool. That's great. Um. Actually, in Quentin Crisp, um, do you know the song um, "Englishman in New York" by no. Sting? Mm. Okay. No. Um. He, uh, anyway, I would just sing it to you, but I'm not going to. Um, I'll look it up. They came out in 1987. Um, and Sting said when he wrote it, um, Quentin is a hero of mine, someone I know very well. He is gay. By the way, he 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 said this in 1987. That's right? awesome. Which yeah. is a difficult time. And by the way, Quentin had been a famous um, gay activist mm-hmm. for a very long time. Quentin is a hero of mine, someone I know very well. He is gay, and he was gay at a time in history when it was dangerous to be so. He had people beating him up on a daily basis, largely with the consent of the public. That's disgusting. And so this was Sting's way of saying, like, I don't. <laughs> don't. Please do stop. It. Please yeah. stop. Um, so that's the, that's the part of that, largely with the consent of the public that stands out. Well, and I mean, I, 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 this is a ghost show, um, but if I may for a second, sure, yeah. like that's when you think about it, like, um, oh shoot, what's the book, the documentary that came out in, um, on HBO last year? Um, I can't remember what it is. Um, but it was, uh, about, um, the AIDS epidemic in the eighties. And you think about like, these men and women who were out there and throwing themselves out there and being open and being out and that people were okay with them being like publicly beaten and harassed where now it's like, 
we've come so far and it's still like, but you're still at risk sometimes, especially where you are demographically or geographically, um, to be out. But, um, I think it's so like, we take for granted, like how brave and how strong these people were to like put themselves out there. And even for somebody like Sting, who was potentially risking his career by, uh, supporting somebody. Well, that's a time too where, you know, AIDS epidemic was really, coming to light and and yeah that was that was uh an important thing for somebody to do right to stand up for somebody mm-hmm. um, so good for him something oh the something the heart what was oh gosh what is it the something heart don't know that's the name of the document or the movie and the mark ruffalo it's based on a book i'm so sorry yeah i bulb I, I like had to stop it like four times <laughs> julie roberts is in it i had to stop it so many times because i was crying so hard it's it's so sad is it the normal heart? The normal heart? I don't know. I haven't seen it. I think that's what it is. I don't know okay. why I got so excited when you said that. Probably um, from the 19. I will say this though: the um, Hotel Chelsea, mm-hmm. sex, drugs, rock and roll. Lots of gay people stand there, which is why this is going to come up a lot because it was very, it was New York and it was very open, and right. they actually felt like safe there. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> after I talk about Quentin Crisp, who I think deserves his his due, I'm going to say a bunch of names. You're going to be like, oh, okay. Uh, Gore Vidal, Tennessee Williams, Alan Ginsberg of Howell. I know none of those names. Yeah, right. Uh, Jack Kerouac, he wrote uh, On the Road. Who? Yeah. Um. Okay. Simone de Beauvoir, mm-hmm. Jean-Paul Sartre, Charles Bukowski, and Charles R. Jackson. Some people forget about who that is, but he wrote The Lost Weekend. And I will say this, why he's famous for the Chelsea, is um, he committed suicide. In the uh, Chelsea? In the Chelsea. Uh-oh. Yep. Uh, in his room uh, on September 21st, 1968. So he uh, he was one of the folks. Um, there are certain rooms that are um, famous for people, and he was one of the people who occupied a room and died in his room. Do you know what room it was? Um, I had it on here, and for some reason it is Gonski. <gasps> he deleted it from your sheet. He did it. It was probably 206. He 206. Didn't. The Dylan Thomas room. No, it was a different room. Um, but I could put that on Facebook because I actually have it on a different <gasps> version. He removed it. I will say this, and I think this is slightly, it's at least interesting to me. Um, here's a famous crossover. It's actually two generations kind of meeting. Um, in 1967, Arthur Miller, the, <laughs> warned the hotel management about an unstable resident. Her name is Valerie Solanas. Do you know who that is? No. Okay. She shot Andy Warhol. Oh. Yeah. And actually, I'm going to talk a little bit about this. I read her book, uh, and somebody has her book. I never knew that name. Yeah. Um, it's an incredibly interesting book. But anyway, here's a quick history. Valerie Solanas was a militant lesbian who often worked as a prostitute to make ends meet. She wrote this book, and she was like an intellectual, but that's they were all kind of poor and drug-rattled and whatever. Right. Um. I said drug-rattled. I meant drug-addled. <laughs> I knew what you meant. Anyway, um, she wrote a book called The Scum Manifesto, which urged women to overthrow the government, eliminate the money system, and institute a complete automa- uh, automation and eliminate the male sex. So basically, her whole thing was to eliminate the male sex. Mm-hmm. I don't have this on my piece of paper, but she actually... Um, 
postulated a very interesting theory at the time. Um, you know how, like, women have XX genes? Yep. And men are XY? Right. She talked about the Y being a mutated X. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Um... So anyway, in 1967, Solanus encountered Annie Warhol outside his studio, the factory, right? And she asked him to produce her play. Um, Instead, he basically, like, insulted her. And he was really mean to her and kind of was like, you're ugly and blah, blah, blah. Um, They sort of became slight friends, though, because he put her in a movie. I don't know. Okay. Um, Anyway, once, once he kind of finished with her, as Warhol was known to do... He edged her out of the group, and she became obsessed with him. At this time, Valerie Solanas had been evicted from the hotel for failing to pay rent, but she took to lurking around the building. Um, I just think it's kind of interesting. Like, 1967, Arthur Miller warned the hotel about her. So you see these, like, generations clashing, right? Right. And then... Because he was older. Old. Yeah, he was yeah. an old man. Compared to these guys, he was old. <gasps> I just, I, I'm sorry. It's just kind of funny to me to think about Arthur Miller, old man Arthur Miller. I wrote Death of a Salesman. Yeah, complaining about this, like, like crazy he's this lesbian. Crotchety old man. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, his plays were, like, working class yeah. plays. And he's living in this artsy hotel. With the, with, with all the Warhols. The Warhols and the trannies and yeah. all the things. And uh, I shouldn't right. say things. All the people. Like Hollywood lawn. Yeah. At the time they called trannies, but now we know better. But, right. Yeah. But, like, he's living in that environment. Yeah. And he's like crotchety old man Miller. Old man Miller. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. He's like probably like get off my lawn. Like he's every time like he probably is a guy taking the broom handle yeah. to the ceiling. Dunk, 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 dunk. Yeah, I love that. Um, <laughs> the thing is that he was right though. Uh-huh. <clears throat> this woman that they had warned uh, that he had warned them about on June third, nineteen sixty eight, she shot Andy Warhol. That's... Valerie Solana shot Andy Warhol. So what we can gather from this is that Arthur Not Miller... Not at the Chelsea, though, at the factory. Right, but, but, right. but what we can gather is that Arthur Miller was um, had a premonition. That he <laughs> was probably... That he should have been a cop. He was probably psychic. Yeah. He knew things. Um, That's why Marilyn was attracted to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, some famous actors and directors who stay there. Stanley Kubrick. Familiar. Yeah. Mitch Hedberg. Oh, um, Mitch yes. Hedberg. Rest Dennis Hopper. Oh, rest Elaine. Stretch. Oh, Elaine. Elaine, stay there. Um, and Jane Fonda. Yeah, well, I, so I A was, bunch of other actors, but I just, I put Elaine. I know. I lo- we love Elaine Stretch. I went, I actually went to Cardinal Stretch University. I know. Um, who, Cardinal Stretch, uh-huh. uh, the namesake of my university, was Elaine's uncle. And so my, the head of my theater department, David... Um, who I cannot imagine is listening to this, but if you are, <laughs> hi, David. Uh, hi, David. Sometimes he supports the things I do. Um, <laughs> uh, he he and Elaine actually developed quite a, a, a close relationship, especially towards like her later years. Um, she was an, an amazing woman. Yeah. Really a, an incredible person. A dame. A dame, for sure. Yeah. Like She's just awesome. She is. At the end, I love how, like, the idea of her starting at the, the Hotel Chelsea and ending her days at the, um, she stayed, I think, lived at the Ritz-Carlton. I mean, yeah. She, like, was, she had money. <laughs> she, like, at the end of her career, she had residence at the Ritz-Carlton. And then I think, actually, like, 
at the very end, she moved back home to Michigan. Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly reading, but I love that. Like that's where she started and that's where she mm-hmm. ended. And that's like such a beautiful, like artistic, like transition where it's Actually, like, you I made it. Off my list, but I should say, um, Beth Miller and yeah. Cher lived there for a while. Of course they did. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I think Babs lived there for a Why while Why haven't we lived there? Maybe that's what we're missing out on. If <laughs> no. we live at the Chelsea hotel, the hotel Chelsea. Um, some visual artists you may have heard of, uh, Diego Rivera, nope. Jasper Johns, William Day Cooning, and Robert Maplethorpe. Um, Robert Maplethorpe lived in room 1017 with Patti Smith. Uh, in 1969, they um, rented their apartment there for uh, $55 a week. Um, this is the hotel where, where um, Robert Maplethorpe um took his first steps into the world of photography. Um, the artist Sandy Daly um, lent him her camera and he took his first pictures with it, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. She actually, I don't have this on my sheet of paper either, but I saw like uh, his first pictures. She lived in basically a room that she had painted completely white, except for silver helium balloons. Wait. <laughs> Like these were these were artists. So the so room like, oh, the, a little bit weird. She wait, okay. She had silver helium balloons in the room. Yeah. Okay. Against the white. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, on board. Like her, I, I don't. Did know. she have silver furniture? What were the there accents? Was, I don't know if this was her studio or if she actually lived there. As far as anyone reports mm-hmm. was an all white room with just silver balloons at any given time. So oh it must have been like I like that so farce. much. I like that so or much. Or You know what I mean? No, I think it's real and Because a like lot it. of these artists were kind of like fucking around with everybody. Yeah, well, good. You know? Like you'd walk into someone's thing and like or their their apartment and their right. tables would be everything that should be right side up would be upside down. Mm-hmm. So every Everyone was kind of like expressing themselves as their own personal art exhibit. They were doing a lot of drugs then too. They were doing a lot of drugs. <laughs> but I like all of those things. Um, Harry that they were doing, not the drugs. Sure. Harry Everett <laughs> Smith, who I don't think a lot of people know. Nope. Um, and I don't know a lot about. But he's one of the ghosts. He was an experimental filmmaker. Okay. He lived and died in room three twenty eight. So he was kind of like an artist weirdo. So if you're keeping track, everybody, of rooms 206 and 328. Yep. Keep those in mind. Um, here's some musicians who stay there, and I've got some shit to say about them. Um, Tom Waits. Okay. Patti Smith. Yeah. Here's a weird story about Patti Smith, actually. She, <sighs> uh, she of course, shacked up with uh, Robert Maplethorpe there, but she uh, lived with Sam Shepard there. Mm-hmm. When she first met him, he completely lied to her about his identity. I think I know the story, actually. Do you? Yeah. yeah. He... <laughs> he's, an, he's an odd duck. Yeah. She she did not know his actual name, and they had lived together for maybe, like, seven months. She had no idea that he had a wife and child. Yeah. That's right. At home, and that he was an established Obie Award-winning writer. Yep. When they met, they just, like, hung out, made music, uh, uh, read poetry, and he was, like, this guy... That just totally, though, seems like a Patti Smith thing. She like, made a series of errors. Like, that just seems like a thing right? that she was an artist. She was a, she was a, a musician. And Before a she moved to New York, um, yeah. I, don't, 
uh, know if you read that book that she wrote. Kids. I, I didn't. I actually. Um, but she before she left um, to go to New York, she had actually already had a baby. Mm-hmm. So she, I mean, I think she left at like seventeen or eighteen, but she right. was she was she was in search. Is all I need to say. Right. I um as as much as I'm into the punk scene, I never got into Patti Smith. <laughs> Uh, I respect her, and uh, I think I, I I think she's I'm not crazy about her music, but I think no. like I respect her as a human being and yeah. love the thing the work she's done. No, I love her as an artist. I don't. But yeah, okay. I never really got into her, so therefore I never read any of her stuff. Yeah. But the the Sam Shepard. You know me. I just yeah, read because you have a a whole bookshelf full yeah. of autobiographies. I do. But the Sam Shepard thing is just she's right next to John Adams. So which is actually a biography. That's fine, whatever. But you know what? Because he did that to Patty Smith, it's totally like all these years later when uh, what's her face left him. It totally makes sense. Oh man, I'm failing at names today. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, she is Jessica Lang. Jessica Lang. Okay, is the person I am thinking. Of. <laughs> I'm glad I can read your mind. After they were together for thirty years, and yeah. she was like, "I'm done with you." Uh, Iggy Pop stayed there. Joni Mitchell. I want to talk a little bit about Bob Dylan, who I talked about before. Mm-hmm. Bob Dylan stayed in room um, 211. Okay. Bob Dylan, just so you know, um, I did not know this. You guys probably knew this. I didn't know this. Um, do you know uh, his last name used to be Zimmerman, which I, did. I knew. I did know that. But I didn't realize that he changed his name when he was living at the Chelsea. Dun, dun, dun. Um, because he was inspired by the poet Dylan Thomas. I did know that. Who had lived and died there. Actually. Yeah. Cause he, yeah, he's from Minnesota. Yep. He moved to New York to be a musician and yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know like the direct, so he lived in 211 and you might remember Dylan I knew Thomas he, is dying in um, 206. 206. I knew he changed his name after Dylan Thomas. I didn't know it was at the hotel. So he lived five rooms away from um, Dylan Thomas and, and felt a, a very big connection with him. Which is why he always stands five steps away from everyone. <laughs> uh, fun fact about Bob Dylan. <laughs> a, a new fun fact about Bob Dylan. Not true. Um, he wrote Blonde and Blonde at the Chelsea Hotel. Okay. Hotel Chelsea. We keep doing that. Whoops. I, I started that. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Bob Dylan references the hotel in a song that he wrote for his first wife called Sarah. Mm-hmm. Staying up for days in the Chelsea Hotel, writing Sad-Eyed Lady of the Lowlands for you. So. Okay. I'm nodding. Nobody can hear me nod. <laughs> I'll nod harder. It's a podcast. <laughs> Usually. <laughs> uh, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin stay there. Uh, Leonard Cohen. I have a Leonard Cohen story. Um, who just died this year. Recently. 2016. Fuck you. Yeah. Today, um, we just found out Alan Thicke died. Just now. Just before now. we started. Yeah. Well, now we're dating this episode. I know. We're going to put it up later. Yeah. Sorry. That's fine. Ah. No one cares. Whatever. Rest in peace, Alan. Yeah. Growing Pains was my favorite childhood show. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I know. I have oh, problems. Man. Look at how they all turned out. Great. Yeah, just fine. Joanna Kearns? Doing it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Leonard Cohen wrote a famous lyric on uh, his 1974 album, um, uh, a song called Chelsea Hotel Number no. Two. Okay. Uh, I remember you well in the Chelsea Hotel. You were talking so brave and so sweet, giving me head on the unmanned <gasps> bed while the limousines <laughs> while the limousines wait in the street. <laughs> Can you guess who, that, who that's about? 
Uh, Courtney Love. No. No, 1974. <laughs> I know. I, I just wanted to make sure you were paying attention. Um, who, who was the, who was the drag queen? No, it was in the Hollywood one. <laughs> in that, in, uh, 2005, uh, Cohen confirmed that this was about Janis Joplin. Oh, I would have never guessed her, actually. Yep. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Good for her. Um. Hopefully she got it back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually, it didn't say anything about Joni Mitchell, but everyone knows that she has a song. Um, yeah. Moore. Yeah. But I, 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 actually, sometimes I talk about people, I feel like I know everything about Joni Mitchell, so I didn't share anything about her, but anyway. Um, Madonna uh, lived in the Chelsea. Who's that? I'm not saying. <laughs> Madonna Louise Veronica Ciccone. Oh my God, you went there. Flint, Michigan. Where? Flint, Michigan. Uh, she lived in the Chelsea's in the... Uh, What's the water sitch like there? Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. You're such a troll. <laughs> uh, she lived in the Chelsea in the early 1980s. Okay. And then uh, in 1992, remember the book called Sex? Yep. She actually did uh, most of her photography at the Chelsea. Oh. Uh, okay. In room 822. Oh, I can't remember all these room numbers. I know. You're trying to, right? I really am. I keep throwing my pieces of paper very far away, so I should probably keep yeah, she did um, most of that book in 822. Um, ladies and gentlemen, here is the, the Chelsea story. Yeah. Um, room 100. Oh, God, another room number. You'll remember it. Okay. Sid and Nancy. <gasps> oh! Yep. October 12th, 1978. Nancy Spungen. Was found murdered. Mm. Um, you guys might know the story of Sid and Nancy. It was a movie. Um, <laughs> they were real people. They were real people, <laughs> but it was a movie too. Um, Nancy was the girlfriend of Sex Pistols bassist Sid Vicious. Uh, she was found stabbed to death in her hotel bathroom. Uh, she was found dead on the floor in a black bra and panties. She was lying face up, her head under the sink. There was a knife wound in her abdomen. Yep. Um, both Sid and Nancy had a really long history of drug abuse. Um, and prior to the murder, they had been um, in a drug-fueled fog for days. Days. Um, so Sid actually could not remember what happened. They were huge, huge heroin junkies. Yes. There's actually... Do you remember the movie? Yeah. There's that moment where Sid says, like, don't worry, Nancy. Things will be better in America. And she screams, we're in America. Yeah. It was just so, it was so bad. Yeah. And they were so, so young. So young. They just Uh, couldn't get, oh. Yeah, I think he was 25 when he died. Yeah. I mean, they were incredibly young. Um, Because they actually, they found him passed out. Uh, it's, such, it's so ugly. Um, he was arrested for second degree murder. They weren't quite sure what happened. Um, just so you know, though, Sid Vicious um, did not die at the Chelsea, at the Hotel Chelsea. Um, but he he did he did die very soon after. Uh, he died on February 1st, 1979 of a heroin overdose. So really quickly, I want to talk about like a, a couple theories. Um, theory one. Sid and Nancy had a suicide pact, and after stabbing Nancy, Sid passed out. Possible. Possible. Uh, after his OD, 
it's his mother and Beverly. Sid Vicious obviously wasn't his real name. Right. Um, and Beverly said she found a note in his pocket. This is the note in his pocket, which is actually really famous. You probably mm-hmm. know it. Yep. We had a death pact. Please bury me next to my baby. Bury me in my black leather jacket, jeans, and motorcycle boots. So. And the thing with, with, with Sid and Nancy is that, like, a lot of people forget because they're such a, like, kind of iconic con- uh, couple, kind of like, um, almost like a Bonnie and Clyde in a way. Yeah, totally. Um, aside from all the murder. But, like, <laughs> because they had, like, I mean, we'll never really know, like, what their relationship was truly like, be- like between the two of them. But, like, they have this, like mythical soulmate thing around them where they couldn't get enough of each other. Yeah. And it was like, can't live with you, can't with, live without you. Like, they were just constantly, like, in this drug-fueled relationship Very where they were, like... another couple from the 90s. Who are they? Who would they be? I don't know who they are. It will... Oh. One of them... Love was in the movie, Sid and Nancy. She was. I know. It's crazy. Um, but... The crazy thing about Sid and Nancy that people don't, I mean, it's not crazy, but the thing that we often forget is how young they were oh, and what young love is like when you are, um, cause I think they got together when like she was like 18, I think like they were very, very they young. Were kids. They were kids and you forget like, cause we're old ladies. So yeah. we often forget like what that's like when you're that age and you're, at that point of, like, immaturity. And yeah. I say that, like, I, I don't say that, like, you're immature. I say that as, like, a factual thing where, like, yeah. you just don't know the world. And and so when you feel... Well, I think he was 17 when... And, I, I mean, I was yeah. younger, but, like, the they Sex were... Pistols was a fake thing. It was a prefab punk band. And Malcolm McLaren put them all in this band together. Right. Sid Vicious couldn't even play They the couldn't bass. play. They couldn't play their instruments. But the thing is, it didn't matter because it was, like... They were signed to... All um, you're supposed to do is, like, cut your... Like, basically, you take a piece of glass and, like, kind of like Iggy Pop, cut, take a piece of glass, right. cut your chest, act crazy right. on stage. They were this punk... Break guitars over th- your they head. Were, they were brought together, basically... They were, like, to, incredibly untalented. Yeah. They were brought together to be this, like, group of punks um, and be, like, They were, like, the punk, Backstreet but, Boys of, of right. punk. But they kind of, they didn't know what they were doing. They yeah. they were just basically like handed all of these drugs and all this money. And then they, then they lost their contract. They actually were cut. Um, and, and, and I won't go into the whole Sex Pistols history. But like, it's interesting. But it I mean, plays into. People forget that like this iconic band is kind of like a prefab right. bullshit. They, I mean, they have a song about it where, oh, what was the name of the record album? EMI. Um, where they were like, fuck you. You gave us this contract. You put us in the spot, and then you cut us and said that you weren't weren't going to produce us. And so they're basically like, "Well, guess what? We just got a contract here and or a record deal here, and we're doing it. So fuck you." But they basically were handed all these things, and then they were cut. And this kid yeah. was like introduced to this world, um, and they didn't know any better. Like that's the crazy thing about Sid and Nancy is that like he brought this girl in, like. He was thrown into thrust into this world. He brought his girlfriend in, or he met this girl, and like they were kids, and they just started doing heavy, heavy drugs. Yeah, and it fucked with them so badly that like <coughs> this is what happened. It's yeah. not like, and and people forget that part of it. Do you like, know something weird? Yeah. Um, I did not know this. Good segue, by the way. Get me off of my tangent. No, no, no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um 
and Beverly, who was Sid's mom. Yeah. Um, who this? I'm still on theory one, right? So she said she found the suicide note that right. was basically like, um, we're a suicide pact kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Before her death in 1996, she admitted that she helped Sid with that fatal dose of heroin. Really? Yeah. So she was here in the States? Yeah. His mother, um, he was terrified. I didn't know that. He was terrified of prison. He really missed Nancy. He was super upset. He basically was like, just fucking jacked. Mm-hmm. And asked his mother, no one knew about that, asked his mother, um, and she admitted this, what, he died in 1979, she admitted it in 1996, right. a lot, took a long time, 25 right. years or whatever. Um, 27 years. Um, nope, less than that, 17 years, I guess. 79 to 96, 17 years, I don't know. Oh, oh yeah, 17. Uh, yeah, she, she said that she shot him up with that fatal dose of heroin. Wow. Fucked up, right? Dang. Yep, he asked her too, and she said yes. Okay, so, uh... Oh. Um... Ladies and gentlemen, we have to take a break for a brief minute. No, we're fine. Okay, Ignore yeah. it. I'll get it in two sets. Okay. Um, Noelle. Jay. Theory number two. Read theory number two. Theory number two, where am I looking? Uh, theory number two, where it says it. During a heated argument, Sid stabbed Nancy, whether on purpose or in self-defense. And here's the thing. We'll never know. Because they're both dead. And they were both in, like, it's, I mean, it's confirmed that they were both doing lots of drugs. Mostly heroin. Uh, so we don't know. We don't know if, if he was mad at her. He was probably mad at her. Or it was maybe, like, a weird sex game, like. Who, who knows? We don't know. But that's a theory. Sorry, y'all. I had to blow my nose, which is why that But But that happened. goes back to, like, the youth thing and being, like, immature and, like, being young is that, like, you get irrationally angry over things. I mean, even as adults, you get, like, heated about things. Yeah. And if you're adding heroin to that and there happens to be a knife in the room, you're going to stab somebody. Yep. Yeah. Theory number three, y'all. Uh, during a heated argument, uh, Sid stabbed Nancy. Nope, you just said that. Yep. Uh, theory number three, <laughs> it wasn't Sid who killed Nancy. A stranger, or one of the guests of the hotel, entered into their room. Room 100. We'll never know who it is. Bullshit. Maybe. I don't know. Theory number four, Nancy was killed in room 100 by someone she knew. Uh, she thought that person was going to steal her drugs and she fought them off and she was stabbed in the altercation. Feasible. That is feasible. Yeah. I mean, it's totally, it, it is totally feasible that somebody else that wasn't said killed her and he was so out of it. He just didn't know. Yep. And cause he doesn't remember. He has no idea. Guys, we're going to talk about, let's talk about some hunting. Yeah. Ghost, 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 Obviously, we talked about Dylan Thomas. Dylan Thomas is everywhere. He's just bumping in the walls. 
Speaking in his Welsh fucking bro. Falling down the stairs. Yes, drinking whiskey. It's just Dylan Thomas. He Let really is everywhere. Um, of course, people see him in 206. Um, but he... Um, he's the most reported ghost at um, Hotel Chelsea. I love it. Because I love him. Second most reported ghost, um, Sid and Nancy. Obviously, yeah. for obvious reasons. Right. They... Um, did not go gentle into that good night. Together forever. Yeah, they um, are said to be extremely active. People see them in room uh, room one hundred. They see him. They see both of them in the hallways. Um, and let's just say this: the amount of people who have lived and died in the Chelsea would have caused a great deal of energy. So, yeah. if you're a resonant energy believer, the amount of um, creativity and fame and art and they used to have these open parties where people would like um uh walk into the hotel and basically they were able to go up um any into any room on um any of the 12 floors and Mm -hmm. um take acid and be in the moment and listen to like the grateful dead stay there and they would play music Um, right and like they would have their Polaroid snapped by Andy Warhol. Like it was just a fucking crazy time. Right. Just different and energetic. Does it say what, um, Sid and Nancy are doing or like, are they, fi- <laughs> are they fighting or do I, they seem like they're like, they are just, they're fighting. They're, they're just fighting. Did, all the time. Uh, there is a weird, uh, thing about Nancy though in room 100. People don't know this. Um, People who, I mean, what I mean is people who stayed there didn't necessarily know it was Nancy, but they would hear a high-pitched woman scream, and they would hear a sink that kept turning on and off and bubbles rising from the drain. Oh. And she was kept in the bathroom. Right. Uh, under the sink. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so interesting. So it's kind of like a weirdo deal. Yeah. Here's some other things. Um, people, um, as, as one does when ghosts are around, um. Uh, Lots of cold and hot spots um, okay. everywhere. Um, gushes of wind. Mm-hmm. Um, even when windows are, and doors are closed. Lots of activity in the 100s and 200s. Um, personal <laughs> items being moved. I, I'm sorry. This is a kind of a dumb question. Sure. But I'm assuming the 100s are the ground floor. Um, I'm assuming it's uh, the second floor. Oh, you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Most buildings here in the United States, especially in ones built in the 1880s, which uh-huh. this one was, um, just like Europe had the, like the lobby ground floor and then one. Okay. And then two and then three. Okay. Which changed which, in America over time. Yes. And I don't know exactly why we did that. I mean, because it makes sense that the ground floor would be one. The first it, floor. It does, but it also. I mean, I don't know. Sense. I totally get that. Right. Um. People touch it, I mean, like, consistently. Just uh, doors being slammed shut, drawers and windows opening and closing, um, loud footsteps, um, shadow figures. Oh. Which goes back to your thing. Well, we need to actually, um, I don't know if it's a full episode, but we need to spend some time talking about shadow figures because shadow figures 
are a real thing. Like, All up and down. It's, there's a lot of stuff about it's shadow figures. And they can be very, very scary. Yeah. Um, like, we're talking demonic stuff. So we should... You know me and demons, though. Well, I hate demons. I hate demons, too. <laughs> and Jay and I both are kind of not on the believing side of that. But um, I think it's worth yes, talking about. Yes, I understand the phenomenon. I just don't love the attribution. Agreed. Yeah. For sure. But the the whole shadow figure concept is um a it's a big thing and there's a lot behind it. So I feel like we need to like spend some time there and like do it some service. Agree. All right. <laughs> well, um, we'll talk about that in goblins. We'll split we'll split up shadow figures and goblins. <laughs> I'm just going to keep coming back to goblins. Um no, well, tell me more. No, that's it. That's it? That's it about the Chelsea. The Hotel Chelsea. Wait, the Chelsea Hotel... No, I'm confused. I don't even know what the fuck it is. Hotel Chelsea. Oh, my God. Hotel Chelsea. Oh, my God. Um, Basically, iconic, incredible... So, wait. So like, the, the uh, deep vein of New York's... Everyone stayed there. Everyone was inspired there. Everyone did shit there. Pretty incredible. So, here's what we need to... Here's what we need to take from this. Yeah. Um, and when it reopens in 2017, going, uh, we're going number one. Um, there's probably a ton of resonant energy there, um, which is super cool. Um, but as far as like ghosts, we need to look out for Dylan Thomas, Nancy Spongen, Nid, uh, Nid, Sid and Nancy, Sid and Nancy. Can we yep. call them Nid right in like this era, the 21st century? Yep. They'd be um, known as. A Nid or a Sansy. We need to look out for Herod Everett Smith. Don't know. Um, that's that guy who um, died in his room three twenty. Oh yes, yes, okay. Um, but no Andy Warhol, unless there's like resident I mean, Andy. Might yeah. I mean the thing is like any of those people, all of his, all of his uh, uh, factory people, um, not Hollywood Lawn who just died last year. They like Edie Sedgwick died at twenty eight. Terribly. Right. Um, Paul America died at 38 terribly. Because he had, like, such a g- large group yeah, of people I mean, they, that, they like, might, started there. They might, like, stick around to kind of go back to their heyday. That was their heyday time. Or, yeah, or there could be, like, some kind of resonant energy of yeah, their, like, like, parties or yeah. their shoots or whatever was happening. I know um, HBO had um, that series that was canceled with, um, God, I can't remember things. Um, Amazon Good Girls Revolt. No, it was on oh, HBO. Was it was on HBO. It was Bobby Cannavale and um, Olivia Wilde, um, and um, it was about the record industry during this time. Oh, like, vinyl, vinyl. Thank you. Um, and there's one part where Olivia Wilde's character breaks away from her husband, who's Bobby Cannavale. Didn't see it. Bobby. Oh shit. What? I think that's. His, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Doesn't matter. She and she is one of the um, goes to the hotel Chelsea. She goes to the hotel Chelsea. Well, and she stays and say, she's one of uh, Andy Warhol's girls. And she goes and stays in the Chelsea or Hotel Chelsea. In um the Amazon series which they just cancelled, Good Girls Revolt. Yes. Uh they also they do New Year's Eve at the Hotel Chelsea. Yeah. And one of them gets into sex cafes, they all do drives. Right. Another one falls down the stairs. Um mm-hmm. And hurts severely injures herself. There's that at that time. That's that place, right? Well, I mean, and it's, everyone was going there. You were tuning in, turning on, dropping out, and you were 
you're probably going to experience the time of your life and then you're going to die. And that's kind of the feel. And that's what I liked about what vinyl did. And I'm actually really bummed that they're not bringing it back. Cause I really liked it. But like, she goes to stay there and they're like all the, like she's living amongst, amongst artists and there are these transsexual people living there. And there's like an old people, like the, the random old guy, like the random Arthur Miller guy yep. that is living there as well. And it's all kind of like accepted and she brings her kids with her mm-hmm. and it's okay. And it's kind of like, you know, there's a part of me that was like, this is amazing and this is so cool. But it's also, there's that feeling of, it's very that desolation boho. and yeah, boho. Very, yeah, like there's the, you don't have anything, and this is where you're at. Right. It's again when you look at that era, it's simultaneously the most exciting thing you can look at, but also the most frightening. Right. The same thing with like uh, William Ginsburg. I'm sorry, uh, William S. Burroughs and Ellen Ginsburg and Jack Kerouac living there. Right. They were on the edge. But you look at it. I mean, William S. Burroughs is like the most notorious like gay junkie in the history of but they're Western the, writing, mm-hmm. and here he was at the Chelsea Hotel. Right, but they're also living there like in their early twenties. No, like oh, oh, they're okay. they're the they're the fifties guys. They're the beat guys. They're the beat guys. Okay, I just snapped my fingers. <laughs> like, yeah. All right, so that's a little different, but you know. But yeah, I mean, it's, you're, it, you're still finding yourself, and no, it's there I mean, so. I mean, it's 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 epitomizes New York. That's why I chose it. Hotel yeah. Chelsea is like exactly that New York kind mm-hmm. of thing. I look forward to you taking us there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, please don't murder me in a drug fueled rage. You're gonna be like, I was gonna take somebody else, but I guess I'm taking you. <laughs> Is it time? Should we sign? It's time. It's time. All right. Hey, everybody. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to High Spirits. It's a show when we talk about, uh, or not when, where we talk about ghosts. And we drink spirits. Um, I'm Jay Stackman. This is my best pal. Noel Schmidt. Noel, uh, who is your sponsor tonight? Um, I was drinking 19 crimes. I only committed one. <laughs> and I was drinking Gone Away. Hello, sailor. Salute. Bye, sailor. Um, we really appreciate you listening. Um, we, I don't know. Thanks y'all. Thank you. Uh, Noelle has one last gnarly thing to say. Sweet dreams.